Australian Musicians Radio advises the following program may contain coarse language, adult themes, unsolicited product placement, quality banter, unscripted bullshit, dad jokes, cringeworthy puns, lewd anecdotes, general fuckery, and lots and lots of local, independent, original music. Hi, I'm Daniel, and welcome to Bar Talk. Oh, first turn of friends when they see that I stepped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is, but they want to befriend us. Yeah, so they gon' fall in line, cause they want no my time. They wanna hit me up, they wanna call my line. Bet I ain't no design, been way too occupied. I try to get in love, but you got all of mine. I wanna feel your love one time. I wanna feel your love one time I wanna feel your love one time I wanna feel your love one time They try to be close, yeah Look through a peephole, yeah Don't know what we know, yeah Think I got cheat codes, yeah Grass green like CeeLo, yeah This ain't an ego, no nah. I put the work in nothing free This ain't a free throw, no nah. Yeah, so I ain't gonna say I'm sorry When everybody hating on me they just wanna take my glory, yeah, yeah But you never take it from me I'm the one that made my story Now steady waiting for me, yeah, yeah Oh, first turn of friends when they see that I stepped up Yeah, 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 yeah I don't know what it is, but they want to befriend us Yeah, so they gon' fall in line Cause they want all my time They wanna hit me up They wanna call my line Bet I ain't no design Been way too occupied I try to get in love But you got all of mine I wanna feel your love one time 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 Yeah, I feel your love and then I come alive, yeah I'll never leave you, I'll be by your side, yeah and I can see you keep me up at night, yeah We watch the sunset and we watch it rise, yeah I'm just trying to be one in a million, yeah The pressure's on me, I be feeling it, yeah But I can't stop, I'm too resilient And it's killing us Oh, first turn of friends when they see that I stepped up Yeah, 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 yeah don't know what it is, but they want to befriend us Yeah, so they gon' fall in line Cause they want all my time They wanna hit me up They wanna call my line Bet I ain't no design Been way too occupied I try to get in love But you got all of mine I wanna feel your love one time I wanna feel your love one time I wanna feel your love one time Hey, this is Sage and you're listening to AMR. Make a diamond I always want the shiny new thing 
Hello, 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 all you lovely, lovely people. Oh, yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is a brand new episode of the Race and Bed Pilled Show with your boy, Unbridled Ego. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, where did that come from? That came from my stupidity and my unbridled ego. No. Welcome to Bar Talk. It's a me. Mario, a.k.a. Big D, a.k.a. Daniel M. Pern, coming at you with some of the ferocious music around. Yes, that's right. How else are you going to deal with your pathetic lives than listening to some of the oswamist, uh, fear-inducing and joy-befuddling songs that Australia and New Zealand have to offer? You know, it's, it's such a great way to, you know, make you wish you were... Someone else. Let's face it, uh, you can't get more awesome uh, than the artists that we're playing. I know. The science is deafening. I understand. You just can't disagree. No, welcome, guys. It's a pleasure to be here as always, wherever and whenever you are listening. Um, I've got a great slew of tracks to play for you on this particular episode, as well as an awesome interview with a lovely artist. But uh, right now, let's get right into it 
because you just heard Chelsea Warner with her smooth, dulcet tones with her new song, Drama. And before that, Kaiso with Feel Your Love. Wow, what a couple of absolutely vibrant tracks to start on. Just a ah, tasteful trap to start with, with Kaiso's song. And this guy is uh, just a mm, bit of all right. This song is actually his first one for the year. And it's just got a really- I really like the beat, actually, in this one. It was, it was like- it, it was tasteful, but it wasn't over the top like you get with some trap. It was just, you know, it, it knew where to keep things uh, nice and not so filled out, which sometimes can be an important thing. But, yeah, uh, Feel Your Love loved it, of course. Um, he's been doing a lot of stuff around, been featured all kinds of places, and he's been playing a few shows out in Melbourne. Um, so, yeah, local represent really, really, really Keen to hear some more, Kai. So, good stuff. And uh, as I mentioned before, Chelsea Warner and her new track, Drama, was what you just came off of. Now, mm, this was smooth as hell. I mean, for a song all about drama, it was actually really, really easily listening. I mean, Chelsea, tell me a little secret. Didn't see so you like you say you like the drama. Didn't know you were a big fan of the uh, the critically acclaimed Netflix series The Crown, which is clearly what the song's about. Not about you know adolescence and, and being a drama queen. No, it's definitely about being the drama queen. You know, old boy Liz up there in uh, her high castle, dictating behind the scenes as a lizard person. Yeah. Yeah, Chelsea. I don't know. Are you a secret lizard person? Is that why you like drama? Is is that the is that the symptom? If you like drama, you're a lizard person. I don't know. That's conspiracy theories with Daniel M. Pern. You better watch it out, people. I'm coming for you and your your crazy theories. No, but in all seriousness, loved loved this song uh, so much. Just really nice layering of the vocals too, and absolutely brilliant producing. Uh, she has been working with a few different producers, including a uh, a French producer called Roman Cowder. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, the, look, <laughs> there's not many French people we have on this show <laughs> for obvious reasons. So, you know, can't really blame me for that. But yeah, apparently this, um, been working with them for the latest EP. So it'd be cool. I wonder if this song's going to be on the EP. Mm. Well, I guess we'll find out sooner or later. No, um, you make sure as you always check out any of the artists that you like hearing tonight too, because they're, they're doing some good stuff. They're always busy. Probably got some shows coming up that they don't bother to tell tell us in the press release. You know, times are changing quick, folks. Um, you know, probably releasing new stuff by the time we get our hands on our grubby little hands on it. <laughs> no, uh, great stuff, Chelsea, and great stuff, Kai. So, awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, this week, folks, I had a brilliant, brilliant little chat. Uh, we, the Queensland artist Lucy Francesca Dron, an artist that I've been keeping a, a good ear, um, ear out for. I was going to say keeping an eye on, but we haven't, you know, haven't actually met Lucy in person. We did have a we did have a good meeting the other day over the phone, which of course is the interview. Duh, no, but like when I, you know, been hearing some of her awesome, awesome, awesome singles that have lately come out for her newly released EP, which is called Leftovers. And that came out the other day, so we've been chatting a bit about that. You, you, I reckon you'll really enjoy it. Lucy was a fun, fun chap. We are going to play um, one of her songs, Take It From Me. Um, but before that, we're going to play something a bit funky, a bit bluesy, a bit, you know, 
music festivaly, you know, a bit, you know, gambly, you know. I want to play some poker after I hear this next song. Bourbon Street Swindler is the name of the track, and the artist is called Heavy Wax. They are a relatively new Gold Coast seven-piece roots group. There you go, seven pieces. Mm, yes, that's a whole KFC bucket, people. I think, uh, is that right? I don't know. I never have the KFC bucket when I go and have some kernel. It's usually a Zinger burger, and I have my uh, my special order. I, add tom- I get them to add tomatoes and bacon. It's, oh. Mmm, delicious. <laughs> Sorry, that was my, my terrible attempt at a Kentuckian accent. Uh, why did I start talking about Kentucky? Oh, yeah, heavy wax. Is wax a thing in Kentucky? I don't know. Do you seal up your your um, bourbon in, in wax? I suppose they do on Mark, Maker's Mark. Maker's Mark from Tinkucky? 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 I can't pronounce. Next, I'm going to be starting to mispronounce all the American states. Menacee? You Nork, uh, California, Exus, Xmas. Yeah? No? No? You like it? No. It's a terrible gag. I'll ignore ignore the fact that I said that terrible thing. And apologies to our many American listeners who do tune in. I know where you're from. I see the stats. However, I digress. Heavy Wax. Actually, it is a, it's a very American-influenced track, not going to lie. We were actually, uh, me and my girlfriend were in the car when we were playing through the songs for this week, and she heard this one. And uh, being a uh, bit of a brass player herself uh, every now and again, or, you know, wind player, saxophone and flute. <laughs> Sorry, did I say flute? No, I meant um, clarinet. <laughs> I'm always getting things confused. It's been a while since, this play- since, since she's played it, so please forgive me. No, uh, but being a bit of a, a wind slash brass player herself, I was very impressed by the uh, brass sexy lines you're going to hear in this one. And it's a foot tapping one, I'll tell you that much. No, uh, these guys have just been doing some festivals up in the Gold Coast too. Very jealous while we've just been down here in lockdown here in Melbourne. Just coming out of it now. But yeah, I don't want to bore you with my problems. I'm here to tell you about everyone else's. No, uh, Heavy Wax, awesome track. It's a it's a jazz club, sipping on whiskey, smoking a cigar, playing some blackjack kind of song in a legal casino. So I think maybe that's what the song's about. Who knows? Illegal casinos. Um, for for the record, folks, it's uh, uh, officially I've never been to one. <laughs> no, uh, heavy wax, great track, great track. Uh, Bourbon Street Swindler, or uh, it could be Burdens, Bourbon Saint Swindler. I, I reckon it's Street. Apparently, it's about Bourbon Street, which is a famous street somewhere, apparently. You can look it up yourself, folks. I'm not supposed to be your personal Wikipedia. Uh, But yeah, that's up right now. And then after that, a Lucy Francesca Dron, take it from me. And then I'm chatting to her right here on this here bar talk.
folk Many a tall tale said About all the things that you can do Yeah, I think it's in your head You're telling us that you got it covered You're telling us not to sweat But I'm wondering when the day will come Still to see it, yeah, I ain't kidding at all and you're listening to AMR. Take it from me There's so much more than what we see But I get I'm not saying I just need something to be
folks. Oh, yeah, baby, baby, and babettes. That was some riffage and a half, wasn't it, folks? Yeah, you heard that right. That was riffage. That was real good shit. Take it from me. I reckon that was pretty good. Pretty all right, eh? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sweet. That one came off the top of my head, and I'm pretty happy. That was Take It From Me by Lucy Francesca Tron. Was it Francesca? Francesca. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I've got my brain's trust here, a.k.a. the artists themselves. Lucy is here on the line all the way from what I hear is relatively sunny Brisbane. Yeah. Lucy, Hello. Lucy, welcome to the show. How are you going? Hey, I'm great. How are you? I'm not bad. I've I've been uh, I've woken myself up now. Apparently, we're both sleeper inners this morning, so we had. Yeah, today slept in until eleven, and it probably would have been longer if I didn't have this interview because I yeah I was very very sleepy. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, just uh, I could you can blame it for me when you when you finally get shit done this afternoon. You go if it wasn't for yeah. that, Daniel. It's good. Very good. <laughs> no, Lucy, welcome. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here, and it's a pleasure to finally have your EP out and listen to the thing in whole. Yeah, thanks for having me. Are you you pretty happy with how it's come out? Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like there's so much because I've released like three singles from it, and so many like peaks of hype. And now that this one's out, I was like less excited when the full EP came out, but I feel just very, like, relieved and, like, content that it's out. But I'm not like, yeah! I was more hyped about the singles, but I'm pretty, like, happy. <laughs> I was going to say, you're more of a, you, do you really, really like to to focus on the singles? Is that your thing? Well, I don't know if that's it, but this is my first time doing, like, a proper, like, release campaign thing and, like, hyping up all the songs. Mm. And I think it's just, it's been going since last year, so now I'm just more like, ooh, it's done. Out, out in the world. <laughs> it's done. Be gone. Get out there. <laughs> Sod <laughs> off. <laughs> just, just apathy. Just apathy all the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but in, in in all seriousness, I mean, I, I get I get that when you've released so much of the record first, I, I guess it must be a relief. It's like, yeah, this is this is finally done. People can hear the whole thing. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and I can start like focusing on the next thing, which is exciting. Do Do you consider yourself someone that is like always looking forward? Then you're always looking. It's like, what's next? I'm I'm already done with this shit. What's happening? But, well, I just have so many projects in my head that I want to do. So I guess I just like I don't want to waste. I want to like do them all. So yeah, I think I'm always looking forward. Which I guess it's kind of it's good, but it's bad. Because it's good to be present, but I am always like thinking about my future a lot and what I want to do and everything. I was going to yeah. say, is it because like, do you find that with with the songs, by the time you've recorded them, released them, it's old news? Yeah, well, these songs were already kind of old <laughs> news before I was like recording them. Like, I still love them and, and everything, but um, I definitely like that. They're like that some of the earliest songs I've written and I've written like so mm. much since then so I'm like very keen to do you, uh, do you find that you're actually writing different styles of songs now compared to that because these like the EP is very concise because I noticed that the songs like sonically all have a very similar sound mm. like do you find that you're moving on from that style and already and, and writing stuff in a different 
I know, in a yeah, different way. Definitely. Like, yeah, like I've been writing much more intricate kind of like finger plucky, like creative, weird time signature stuff now. And back then it was more just pure emotions. Um, but I've been, yeah, just getting way more creative with actual, especially with guitar. Um, so yeah, it's been changing a lot and it's still like evolving today. It's really cool and keen to see where it goes. Is it okay? So you have you whipped out the five four time yet? <laughs> I want to more like theory and stuff, but I've just been like playing with really weird grooves. <laughs> so I don't know what it would actually be. Do something too weird. <laughs> That's for those music theory nerds. We don't talk to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> What's tell run me through. Speaking of songwriting, run me through the uh, life cycle of a, of a Lucy Francesca Dron song. Like, how, how do we go about writing it? Is it one 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 take and that's done, or are we talking like you got to slave over the thing over many months? Like, where where are you with that? It's different all the time. There was when I was like eighteen and nineteen, I had like two-year, like, full, like, I was, like, an open faucet, like, creative flow, where, like, all I was doing was writing shit, and it would happen really fast. I remember, like, heaps of stuff in that time. And then um, from, like, 2019, I kind of was lost for a while, and I would write, like, songs every now and then. But it, it kind of, it happens, like, the majority of the song, I get in, like, this flow, and I, like, know that, like, I'm writing something. Like, it's this same space that I get into where I'm like, okay, yeah, I've got to, like, shut up and just let whatever's happening happen. But then the songs, like, evolve for, like, ages. Like, they, I feel like I could keep working on them for ages and um, changing stuff. But, like, the core of it happens really fast, and then I just kind of develop them over time by, like, thinking about them and listening to them and stuff. But it doesn't feel slavey. It's just really fun. But it's fast, but can go on forever at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, 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 it does. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, with with that, so do you find that, that the quantity of creative material does ebb and flow then over time? Sorry, it does work. So, does, does the amount of creativity and the amount of new material that you pump out vary mm. and, and sort of ebb and flow? Sometimes you've got yeah. a lot coming out. Sometimes it's sort of few and far between. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, writing all the time or I'll have a year of not writing and then I'll, like, explode again. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, it's But I feel like the stuff I go through when I'm not writing ends up, like, contributing to what I end up writing later. So, I, I trust the process. <laughs> I don't get, like, upset when I'm not writing. Well, well did you <clears> find then that when you, were, when you were writing those songs, when you said you were, like, 19, mm. you said that you were writing a lot. So, was there, like, a lot going on in your personal life? That, yeah, that sort of insane. really kicked it into gear. I was mentally insane. Yeah, <laughs> literally, or were we like you know, oh yeah, like like literally, you know, figuratively. Well, I was pretty messed. I, like I was a bit mentally unstable. Yeah, and I didn't really talk to anyone, and you know, I smoked a lot of weed, and like all I did was just write guitar, and I had I was in a really bad relationship as well, so there was a lot of weird stuff going on. But it all makes sense now because I wrote like this. this but yeah, it's weird because yeah, sometimes I feel like I have to be in a bad place to write really good stuff. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that I'm old chestnut. That, yeah, I don't know. A lot of artists feel that. 
but um, it's not me. Know. It's oh, sorry, it's not you. It's me. I've got to be in a bad place. You yeah. want some songs? <laughs> Break my heart. Nah, but that's not true. <laughs> are, you, are you sure? I thought we were opening up here. I thought this was like this is the this is the this is the you know Lucy oh, tells helps. all. <laughs> yeah. My best stuff definitely comes from terrible places. That helps. <laughs> it's, it's it's a bit of a, a funny paradox, isn't it? And yeah. it's not. And you're right. This is not something that is you know. Isolated to just you, a lot of songwriters go through the same thing. That yeah, to write good material or to come up with yeah. some good material, you've personally got to be in a bad space. Mm. It really is. It really is a painful art songwriting, isn't it? Yeah, it's weird, but I feel like it's so worth it. I think. I don't know. I'm just saying that now because I'm happy, but I'm sure I'll get. <laughs> <laughs> we need to depress you again, Lucy. What can I do? What can I do to, to bring you down just a notch? You need some more material, you said. <laughs> just, uh, just tell me my music sucks and then <laughs> I go well, I'm not allowed to do that. That was <laughs> I could. <laughs> maybe off air, but <laughs> Thank you. No, I mean I mean in all in all seriousness, it's good to hear that you're in a great place at the moment. <laughs> um, I was what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, that's right. I was um about you know, when you say it's all worth it in the end, mm. is there a particular point where you do end up having that euphoria? Can you think of yeah. it? Can you think of when that occurs? Well, when I'm in that like flowy writing state, it feels pretty, pretty good. And then when I'm back to reality, it's like, ah, but I don't know. It's, 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 it's also worth it when you perform it and you realize um, that people connect to it and, you know, it's like therapeutic, obviously, being able to just play those emotions rather than just sit in it or turn it into like some toxic thing. Like, it's good that you should just play it and like having, yeah, it's, it's literally like therapeutic. So that's pretty, it's not like euphoric, but it's good, but it definitely becomes euphoric. I have songs that I wrote ages ago that I still play and I just feel like bliss out when I'm playing it. It's very, I'm very lucky to be able to write. <clears throat> yeah, is it just. Yeah, because when you do play them live, um, mm. do, you, do you find that then some songs that maybe you'd not necessarily passed off but thought maybe these aren't my best turn out mm. actually to be really good ones to play live? Does that yeah. ever happen? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that has happened. There's definitely times where like people connect to a song even more than like I do, I guess, and and that's the best thing about performing. It's like you kind of like create this weird like feedback loop. I don't know if that's the right word. Like I don't know. You just can connect to the audience, and you kind of almost feel what they feel, and they feel what you feel. And it's just this weird like thing. I don't know what I'm saying. And they don't necessarily have to understand all the lyrics either. It's just a vibe, yeah, like, isn't it? Vibe and stuff. Whatever they take from it. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, is there any particular songs on the EP that have had that treatment where they've weirdly or maybe unexpectedly connected with the audience or with your fans? Yeah, um, probably, um, probably actually, oh, damn, I don't know. I knew Liquid Knowing Pain connected to people. I didn't expect the other ones as much to, like, um, uh, like take it from me. I didn't really expect people... Pretty much all of them except for Liquid Numbing Pain. <laughs> I, I like didn't 
interesting. But people like Mirrors more than I thought. Um, yeah, and that one you ha- you hadn't released as a single either. No, I hadn't. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was I mean? What when you were recording too? What was an app? What was an absolute pleasure to record? Like, was there one particular song that just worked way nicer than you thought? Um, Mirrors actually worked really well. We kind of all got super creative on that one. Yeah. It, like, it was an easy song. There's a lot of, like, space to work with it. The other ones, like, really guitar-driven and chunky, which is kind of harder to, like, balance everything, but... Mirrors had a lot more open space and like it goes up in the middle, so there's ways to kind of use that um, and like create like a build up and, and then release at the end. I don't know, yeah, that one felt really, really cool. Because you're right, it is a bit different to others. Because I mean, yeah. here I'm going, oh, why didn't you release it as a single? It's like, well, it is, it is so it's like the slowest song on there. Because you got all these, yeah. like, as I said before, Riffage Central with a lot of the other tracks. And then Mirrors mm-hmm. is very spacey. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. We're going to come back to that soon, too. It's, <laughs> wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> if you've already seen the uh, the song list on this episode, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> tell, tell us a bit about the recording process, too. So, I'm just trying okay. to see. Um, how, how, how was it like, actually, putting them together? Like, in general, for all of them. <clears throat> Oh, I guess so. You can you can answer that or interpret that question however you so desire. <laughs> it was, um, well, this is my first time properly recording and like working at a proper studio with a producer and with my band and like coming in with the only other recordings I had done were just like demos for uni assignments that were just really rushed because the band I hadn't even practiced before and or anything. We were just kind of doing it, so it was it was cool. We just like went in. Um, we had practiced heaps before and I had like I tried to write as many notes as I could on extra instrumentation and like references and then I really wanted to do it um, live tracks because the band and I have a really good energy live and I I for some reason can't play to a click track I don't know I just can't Um, so (laughs) I didn't want to do the click track thing and do it separately so we just did a few takes of the songs all together in a live um way and found the ones with the best energy and the best drum take, which is most important because you can't really redo drums. And then from there, it's just heaps of like layering, guitar layering, adding ideas. It was an eagle flying right now. Um, and getting the bass, getting all the sounds, mixing, and then vocals were lost. And yeah, and like throughout all of that, there was a lot of, um, my the producer I worked with would give me a lot of ideas and like random stuff I wouldn't have thought of that just kind of fill out things and maybe like adjusting like little things that I wouldn't have thought of that um, just made it sound better. So that was really cool to learn from. Yeah, it's lots of layering and then going home after a session and listening and getting really crazy on notes and perfecting things and then going back. (laughs) It got a bit tenacious. Um, But yeah, (laughs) that's pretty much it. Yeah, was it was there something about the about the process? I guess that sort of surprised you that you might not have thought it'd been important because you said you came you came off this as like the first proper time you've recorded your songs. Like, what was yeah. what really surprised you about that process? Um, uh, um, uh, it was just like I don't know if things surprised me, but there was a lot of like learning curves and. 
it made me like just working with the producer and hearing them go from like the first take we did to the final take and being there through every session with him and like trying to like communicate sounds that I wanted and like mixing things because I don't know how to do any of it so I would have been very annoying but I was like that sounds wrong like just change I don't know all of that like <laughs> it made me, now every time I listen to songs I'm like thinking about the whole process of like how they came from like the big like yeah I just it made me kind of form more of a producer ear in a way which was really a cool learning curve just hearing them come from a skeleton to like life and being involved with it, it was wasn't surprising I guess that was surprising like interesting Mm-hmm. different didn't expect to learn that much or like have a different perspective on songs so much yeah yeah so, well um let's talk about your producer steve um yeah what was i mean what decided what made you decide him as the the guy to do it well i actually before um recording properly i it was a big anxiety of like there is like thousands of studios and producers. How am I ever going to find a perfect blah, blah, blah. And then I just asked my ex-principal, because I went to a music school and he's just like a legend. And I was like, do you, can you recommend any studios? And he, mm. and I was like, I'm just going to do whatever he says. And he recommended this one. And Steve was just the producer that was working there at the time. And the person, when I contacted, um, asking if I, like uh, inquiring about the studio, who was the, to die, so I just was like, whatever, you're gonna do it. <laughs> but it ended up being a good choice. <laughs> it's interesting because a lot of artists will painstakingly go, oh, you know, I've got to make sure it's perfect. But you're like, yeah, whatever. Your recommendation's yeah. good. I trust you. <laughs> I, it wasn't that like I would have never recorded if I didn't just pick somewhere because I was gonna be like that. I was like, it needs to be perfect. But then I would have needed like years of making connections and figuring out like things in order to do it but I was COVID hit so I was starting to hit so I was like this is it like we could all be dead like in a year I need to (laughs) there we go there she's back folks (laughs) looks like we've got some more creative spirit coming in Yeah, inspired. Sorry, Daniel. I'll have to leave the have to leave the interview. Got to write my second EP. <laughs> Catch yeah. you for the next one. <laughs> no, that's why really it. Like I would have gone crazy picking, but I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I somewhere. So it is. It is a case you got to bite the bullet sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, especially at the beginning. At the beginning, because it was like very first thing. I was like, I just got to pick somewhere good. Like, but it doesn't have to be perfect. Was was this side was his this side of sort of indie alt rock that you you've got going? Was that his bread and butter to begin with, or was this a, a change of style compared to with the normal stuff he produces? Uh, in the first email, I was kind of giving him references and explaining stuff, and he said that this is the stuff he likes doing. But I'm pretty sure he's um, done a lot of different things. But I think he enjoyed doing it, and he was used to this kind of style. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it help. It helps, and you got someone, at least someone in the room that knows what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, with it now, like, do you do you think you'd approach choosing a producer, like, or do you think you'd like to go with the same thing, just see what other people recommend, or you like in a much more solid understanding of what you want for future projects? Um, like for the future, I. I'm kind of like, well, I'm taking different opportunities to work with you. I think for, I am recording with a friend at the moment, just a single, I might not release it, but I'm just kind of like putting feelers out. Um, yeah. 
that like yeah to work with other people but I'd be pretty keen to work with him again because it was good um and you know obviously like the people I would love to work with are like people who are like Radiohead I'd love to work with their producer I don't know like it's like really out of reach the kind of producers I would want to work with but um yeah I don't know I'm just kind of going with it seeing what happens I'm trying to try to look that up. I was like, who who the hell produced all the wait? Which 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 period of Radiohead? Because we're, we're you know it's like uh, it's like apples and oranges when you look at different parts of their discography. In Rainbow Sound, but I think they just do it. Actually, I don't know why I said radio. I'm just like thinking of sounds I like, and it's like I would want whoever worked on their music to work with me. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the thing. I wish I could just do it myself, but I don't know anything about. Technology. Uh, uh, Nigel Timothy Godrich has apparently produced yeah. several of the Radiohead albums, so you might want to hit him yeah, up. Or him. <laughs> or him. I'm going to send his email. Send email. Yeah, no, I'm sure it's just got his email plastered all over Google. Yeah. I'm sure he would be down. Um, what, I was going to say, talk about your band, because you said that it really helped having them in to do the songs with you. Like, what, yeah. What's it like working with them? Uh, they're incredible. So the bass player is my brother. Um, mm. so our whole relationship growing up was like music based. Like all we would talk about was music. All we would do was show each other songs and like write songs and show them to each other. And he taught me like um, all the first guitar covers I ever learnt. So yeah, we were just always connected deeply through music. So he like if I have a song, he'll just have the most perfect bass line or anything um to go along with it and Tex my drummer is absolutely out of this world he was 16 when I first saw him play and he went to the music school that I went to as well and they do like these for assessments they do these showcase gigs where anyone can come and pay um and they like come to because the school is also a nightclub (laughs) it's like this crazy music school um so yeah I went to one of them because I was looking for a drummer and everyone was like, text crazy. And he yeah. just did this like 10 minutes solo and drunk. <laughs> and everyone was just there the whole time. Like, oh my God. And then, um, yeah, I was like, Hey, join my band. <laughs> so I got him when he was like 16 and like we, we had practiced a bit and yeah, he just understands all my songs, um, really well. It's really hard to find a like, um, drummer that you connect with or I struggled to find a, that I, with. So, yeah. I was going to yeah, say, just fun. child prodigy all the way. you got to get them while yeah. they're young. <laughs> exactly. Especially with drums, it's so rare. Like, yeah. No, that, that's cool. And it's, it's good that you've got such a a great like a band that, like, you've got that solid mm. working relationship. Like, it's not, you're not in here for the long haul by the sounds of it. I hope so. I ho- Texas pretty well in demand, though, like, and he's grown <laughs> up, so... We'll see. <laughs> but you got him before he was famous. <laughs> yeah, oh god, he's gonna do a lot. So uh, yeah, but hopefully. <laughs> That's all right. Um, the Dron, the Dron family band can uh, get some get some kick kick pedals, and you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yep. I wish I really wish I could multiply Tom because he could like he's a genius. He can play like anything, and but he loves playing bass for me. But he could also play like the sickest like. Since, since it, oh, I don't know. He, I wish I could just multiply him and have like just Lucy and more Tom band. That would be like really ideal. <laughs> You'll yeah. have to clone him. That's clearly oh, yeah. the only option available. 
Uh, with when you're playing live too, because I was going to say you, you mentioned you mentioned before the call, uh, before we started recording, sorry, that uh, you haven't really had that much of a chance to to play live since the EP is released. Um, is there much of a plans to take the band with you some some point in the future once we've all you know died and been resurrected from COVID? <laughs> I hope to, but um, it depends on like budget, really. Because <laughs> like, um, yeah, but I would I would love to. I, I hope I can do that. But I'll definitely go to Melbourne probably by myself to play a show for mm. the EP. And if we if we can, I'll bring the band. That'd be sick. Um, but yeah, for the moment, just sticking the business with the band. I was going to say, all the songs too are pretty. Sound like they'd be pretty flexible in terms of you being able to play them solo and with the band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I started um, gigs just like solo for like three years until I found. And I was doing that a lot. And then just people started, like, noticing me more when I had a band because it just kind of brings it brings it out way more. But, yeah, I definitely still love playing solo. It's a lot more intimate, and I can change the way I express the songs and stuff. And I have a bunch of other songs that are way more, like, solo-sounding. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is there, have you ever written a song, though, since you got the band? They're right, right. This is a band song. It's going to only be a band song. Tom, get the fucking Korg out. <laughs> Let's go. I don't know. What, yeah. Like, what? Have you ever written a song that you're like, this has to be a band song? Well, all of my songs originally, I heard it with band in my head. So I could still, like, do songs without band, but I pretty much envision all of them, most of them with band. But, um, yeah, yeah. I always wanted band. It was just fighting the right people's part, the drama. The right yeah. yeah. How far are you willing to push them? Like, what what whacked out style are you gonna gonna bring to them next? And go, hey, guys, guys, look at this, look at this. Bluegrass like- trap. <laughs> not, not to give you too many ideas. No, um, like what? <laughs> in, in all serious no, though, seriousness though, uh, are there any particular styles or genres that you haven't really touched on yet that you'd love to ha- dip your dip your fingers into? Um, I don't really think about genre, but, like, I've just been doing some really weird guitar shit that's, like, pretty intricate, and, um, I always feel very happy when Tex is like, whoa, what did you just do? Because I know that, because he's always like, yay, I've challenged you. Um, it's like, but- fuck off, Lucy, you're gonna have to pay me double for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody yeah. said 13, 15 time. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I love this. I definitely want to... Do like jazzy shoegaze. <laughs> I love shoegaze. Um, uh, I'd love to do like weird. Yeah, I don't know if there's any genre speaking. Yeah, I'd like to do some more shoegaze stuff, especially with my brother. Like, I'd love to do a collaborative project of our like unfinished songs and bringing them together and all that. Speaking of guitar work, who's your guitar hero? I don't. <laughs> I mean, uh, Such a pedestrian question, I know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. Like, I try not to look too much at what yeah. people do. Well, that's bad, but it's also, it's bad but good because I keep it unique, but I also should probably. But Napalm's pretty crazy. Mm. Um, uh, she kind of, yeah, she, I think she subconsciously influenced me heaps to get really intricate and weird with guitar. Because I found out she like doesn't know theory either, and I yeah. feel like we kind of write in a similar um, 
way. So she kind of inspired me to just trust that rather than being like, oh, I should know stuff and just listen to my ear and like get weird with it. So she's probably the biggest inspiration at the moment in general with, um, yeah, all that. That's cool. That's cool. Girl power, 110% by the sounds of it. <laughs> um, what's what's coming up next? Because uh, now that the EP's out, what are you what are you gonna do? Because I mean, you mentioned you mentioned you hinted at what you're doing, but I want a more concrete answer, Lucy. Give us yeah. the goods. Well, I'll definitely play more shows. There's none like officially coming up yet, but got some lined up, and um, I'm like just I'm like wanting to get a grant or something or I'm just trying to save up my money so I can get back into a good studio um, I don't know exactly which album or like song I want to start focusing on so I think I just need to spend some time playing and figuring out like alone what, what I want to focus on next but definitely want to do another recording project as soon as I can as soon as I can afford it <laughs> it's money yeah. it's always money it's money's the kicker yeah. isn't it <laughs> oh so bad like in the Lucy Francesca, the Lucy, the F, F the, the LF, I can't pronounce your name, the LFD for, for short yeah. recording fund. Yeah. yeah. Now taking Dogecoin. What? <laughs> Dogecoin? You know, do you know what Dogecoin is? No. It's that cryptocurrency that, like, oh. it's like the joke cryptocurrency that Elon keeps spruiking. Oh, true. <laughs> True. He says one yeah. tweet and the price crashes. Yeah, I'm out of that scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Lucy! I thought you were hip. You know, <laughs> that you were with down yeah. with the with the with the with the goods. Yeah, yo. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize you guys were 14 years behind back in Brizzy, but I take that back. I, all the stereotypes are indeed yeah. true. Probably, I don't. <laughs> No, um, it's. I mean, Brisbane has a great. Actually, speaking of Brisbane, I should. Mm-hmm. I, I, I bag. I'll bag the shit out of wherever people are from. But I, <laughs> I feel like you need to state your case. Um, what what do you like about the Brisbane music scene? Because it really does have a vibrant scene. So I've heard. Really? Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? What scene? Okay. <laughs> All I can see is eagles yeah. and trees and bad phone reception. <laughs> I like <laughs> take back those words. <laughs> um, it's pretty like well, I haven't really gone anywhere else, so I don't know what the other ones are like. But it's pretty like accepting and like supportive. I haven't felt much competition or whatever. Um, and there's a lot of like like the audience, like the people who aren't musicians are very like there's heaps of like people that just love like the actual local scene and go to gigs all the time and. Um, yeah, it's really like supportive and nice and fun. The audiences are always like crazy good. Like there's always a vibe. It's never like ten. This is like it's like just always hitting ten. Just as far as like the vibes going. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's no, pretty it's... rarely lower than like a seven. It's pretty rare. Nice. That's good. That's really good. Um, I was gonna say, are there any any venues or artists? That you've really been, well, that's a weird combo. Well, any artists, I guess, have been been really impressing you in the local scene lately? Um, so yeah, Staples are good. Kane Josso, good. Or um, damn, why is my mind blank? <laughs> the Saturday, 
It's the Saturday fry, as I call it. You can't think of shit at this time of day. They're all good. All of Brisbane. <laughs> Go and check good. them out. Come and yeah. out do it. Go to a gig. <laughs> Get off your ass. Stop watching. Stop watching Netflix at four AM in the morning. Stop. And go to and go to a gig. Gig. Go to Bali. Then come back and and watch Netflix yeah. afterwards. So you don't have to give up what you like. Actually, what venues? I was because oh, I was going to ask about venues before. Um, what venues do you really really enjoy playing up there? Um. Oh, I don't want to be a dick, but oh, well, Blackbird's probably the best. Um, sound and everything that I've had. I haven't really played at all like the super like good ones like Trips or Outpost or any of them because I'm not like very big at all. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> but, like, I just, I've had a lot of shit sound at gigs. So Blackbird's probably the best one. Yeah, the Blackbird, is it? Blackbear. Oh, Black Black Bear. Bear. I don't think I've heard yeah. of that one. Is it like a smaller, more intimate venue? Kind of, it's pretty good. It's pretty, um, yeah, it's not like massive. Um, but yeah, everyone loves that band. It's super fun. They have the best espresso martinis ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> okay. okay. That's, that is obviously a deciding factor, yeah. is it? So we, we know we've, we've, we've cracked the code, folks. We know what gets Lucy, uh, keen. And it's a good quality espresso martini. Yeah, it is. Okay, okay. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you're booking shows interstate, the first question will be, so what's your cocktail list like? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. does an espresso martini is count as a, as a good, a, a count as a legitimate band rider? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's oh, a bit awkward. Cool. All I can imagine is now, like, you're halfway through songs, instead of just, like, a pint, of beer or glass of wine as just an espresso martini glass. <laughs> no, I have a strict no drinking before gigs rule. Okay. But only because I, when I was younger, would get just like so before and I would still like play well, but then afterwards, I was just freaking menace. I was banned from the whole valley. Like, <gasps> oh, <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh my god! Oh, have we <coughs> just story time, Lucy, or is this is this, is this classified information? It should be classified. It's some really like outrageous stuff, but um, <laughs> yeah. You don't you don't have to go into it if you don't want. All we know is that uh, she is a menace, and uh, yeah. and I was about I to ask whether it was like to you know help with your vocals, but no. Because well, you get fucking turned AF before the show. <laughs> well, I used to be really anxious, so it would help me, like, sing, like, more. <laughs> yeah, but maybe just, one whiskey, Lucy. Yeah, <laughs> Not 23. Just, like, no, not even a sip before. Just a sip. Just a sip. Just a, no. Just the tip. Just a sip. <laughs> <laughs> no, um... Yeah, no, that's that's a good good idea. Yeah, because um, you want to be able to remember the show. As I've, I've, yeah, ha- I've been to a few yeah. gigs where yeah, you, people have had had a bit, a bit too much yeah. of their rider first. Yeah, it was easier to do that when I was playing solo. But when I started playing with a band, like it was like I can't do. That. I have like, three other people, two other people to think about. And yeah, my drummer was like, "You should stop that." And then after that, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna." I'm gonna stop that. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't have to worry about experimenting with 
time signatures when you do that. The time signatures make themselves up. Yeah, they just start forming on the spot. It's magical. Nobody knows what's, what's happening. Not even you. <laughs> no, no, you're like, what the fuck? I'm like, I know. Early. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Lucy, we're going to be in a very short, yeah, in a, in a relatively short moment playing Mirrors, which is, as we mentioned, not one of the singles that's already been released. Seeing now that it's a bit of a, a fan favourite, as you've so described before, um, you want to give us the, uh, well, shall we say, the inside valley scoop on, uh, yeah. on, <laughs> on the particular song? But, yeah, no, in, in seriousness, like, how did this one come mm. about when you were writing it? Yeah. Um, this one was, I think this was like the first, wait, no, take it from me, was the earliest one. Mm. I, I, I wrote it when I was like, like I couldn't speak to people. There was like a period of my life where I just was like so, like almost mute. Like all I would do is just stay at home and stuff. So it was about like how every time I would go in like and interact with people, I would just freeze up because I was like hypersensitive or like anxious. And I just felt like everyone could feel or see what I was thinking and feeling. And like, I was just this, like, I just, it just made me not be able to speak because I would just start overthinking everything. So it's just really about like, um, just social anxiety and how you can just feel super reflective around people and like I don't know just heightened sensitivity in social interactions it's pretty much all about that and I wrote it just um, I think it's only like two chords the whole song so I was just like playing around with the chords and then started singing over it it's pretty flowy one yeah I'm kind of curious too when you mentioned that <clears throat> about anxiety what have you found has helped manage it because you can't really Get away! You can't really get rid of it. It's not. It's yeah. it's it's not something that sort of you just don't magically disappears, but it is something that's always going to be there. But I mean, mm. you can manage. There's ways about managing it. So, how have you found? Well, what, what have you yeah. found is a good way to manage that? Well, um, well, just growing a lot, like giving myself time to grow. Also, quitting weed. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Sure, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> like not smoking weed anymore helped me. Um, and, uh, like, also just kind of accept, like, slowly accepting mm. who I am and embracing my sensitivity rather than, it, like, always, I don't know, it's just a lot of, like, like lessons I've learned from growing up. But um, I guess just not thinking that there's something wrong with me so much gave a, like, release a lot of um, weight off me. Because sometimes, like, the biggest issue is just thinking there's something wrong with you and then you just kind of spiral from there and, like, everything you do, you're just like, oh, I'm, like, doing this, like, weird or wrong. But if you just are like, no, there's nothing wrong with me and understand that, then that kind of, like, helps just accepting myself more. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I still struggle a little bit um, with it. Um, but it's way less. I can, I can talk people obviously like i am now <laughs> yeah look and it's great it is really good that you've you've been able to get in a better place too which is awesome to hear 13 11 14 if anybody wants to chat lifeline very important <laughs> service i know yeah. I, I i know it's just very important i think when we talk about mental health um yeah that it is it's important to embrace it because mm. it's yeah. it is a bastard yeah and lots of people Gone through it, obviously. but you're right. A lot of people go through it, so mm. I think that's actually a pretty good note to end on, Lucy. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah. It's been a lot of fun chatting. Yeah, I really hope to catch up with you in person when you come down. 
Definitely, I'll I'll let you know. You can I I, I can we could maybe you can maybe convince me that espresso martini is not an abomination. Um, I'm gonna find the best espresso martini ever, and then oh. <laughs> we go <gotta> get it. <laughs> Yeah, you'll have to. You'll, you will have to convince me. I'm doing a bottomless brunch tomorrow, and uh, one of the uh, drinks on the menu Ooh. is espresso martinis. So, have you never had one? I <laughs> uh, just like what? <laughs> I've, I've parked your in- I've parked your interest now, haven't I? Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> well, and, until whatever time, um, Lucy, you can come back ah. for an espresso martini. Um, fare thee well, and. Uh, Hope you enjoy the rest of your day as well, Lizzie. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much. Please tell us who you are and what song we're about to listen to. Um, Lucy Francesca Dron and the song is called Mirrors. Well, now I've fallen and I'm deep and mirrors crashing down on me. It blocks myself from those who see. To all be Stay here And I said I'd speak with honesty The 
Hi guys, this is Vass and you're listening to Bar Talk here on Australian Musicians Radio.
Folks, welcome back to Bar Talk through AMR Australia. It's me again, Daniel. I haven't been banned yet from the Valley, Pern. Uh, oh my my was what you just heard with Make Me Feel Alive. And of course, before that, Lucy Francesca Dron with her gorgeous track, Mirrors. Uh, Lucy, your champ. Thank you so much again. Uh, thank you to Kick Push PR, KPR, and Michael and the crew from there that uh, got that one together for us. Thanks, guys. You are all awesome and you do awesome work. No, uh, thank you to all our uh, publicist partners. We they, they have to deal with our shit, our backroom shit, you know, our, our, bird, our bird emails, emails that don't come through. They'll go to the junk pile. Yeah, no, a lot of stuff gets, goes to the uh, the trash can of emails, and it's it's probably all us. Who knows? I I I always I always say if we, if we always uh, you can never expect bad things if you're already expecting to be rubbish. That was Daniel Pern's uh, wisdom of the week. Should make that a new segment, maybe. <laughs> uh, no, I I digress. Um. You know, the PRs are awesome. The publicists that we do uh, talk to and deal with, they are all great. And, uh, of course, they do awesome jobs putting putting together um, and promoting some of the awesomest independent music that's coming out in these parts of the world. No, Oh My My, Make Me Feel Alive. That was a delicious track. Now, uh, Oh My My are an artist that we have played before. And I'm, I'm trying to remember where exactly that was. That's right. It was back in September last year. We played a previous single of theirs, Lover Lover. And they have just come out with a double single release. So, this was one of them. Um, so, yeah, this is one one of them. Make me feel alive. I loved it. It was, it was very much dipping into that sort of R&B, the weekend thing um, with the dark, wiry synths. The the you know understated yet well done guitars and yeah just just really good really good vocal tracking. Um, oh my my, are a Sydney duo, and and they are honestly I'm very impressed with what they've been up to. So uh, it's such a great yeah it's highlight highlight for me. I love this. I'm a sucker for this 80s style production as you know. So it was just yeah hit me hit me in the right spot. It really did. Um, good, good job, guys. Great work. Um, just want to mention too, before we get too far carried away. Uh, of course, the other AMR shows because we have got so much going on, and we've got a couple of new, new additions to the AMR family, which I'm really excited about. We've been growing and expanding. Um, I should mention, of course, as always, I do every week. Uh, Heavy Reborn and the Mint Factory, the two AMR mainstays that have been around well nearly as long as I have. Because I'm an old fart. No, um, Heavy Reborn, of course, with um, Jesus and uh, Carly and Mick, the awesome mob. They're all back together again in the studio for the latest episode. But they're going to be interviewing Onslow this week for this week's episode. Really excited about that. I think that's out tomorrow as of release. Um, but they have been um, oh, just playing just a huge extent of heavy music. And we'll come back to that in a sec. 
but of course, heavy, uh, Mint Factory, uh, with GM and a bunch of rotating co-hosts, and at the moment being helped by the lovely Anna, as I as she has so self-titled herself, the uh, uh, Cobra Juicer. So I'll, you know, it's, it's Lat- Latvian for Latvian for I can't pronounce radio titles properly. <laughs> no, love you, Anna. You're a good good person, and love your music too. She's been putting out some tracks as well, uh, which were. Which I know Gareth's been really getting. Gareth and Sue's have been really getting around. Um, they had an episode come out recently too. Apparently, apparently a dog came into the studio and it got Gareth excited because it made him remind him of Rust, the rusty days. But um, I'm just trying to see what the dog's name was for the life of me. Oh, that's right, Cobber, dog's name, and he looks very well behaved. It looks like they interviewed him too. He's suspiciously close to the mic sock. I wonder if that came out unscathed. Usually dogs like to, yeah, really sink their teeth in those things. I know Rusty, if he got his hands on it, he would really rip those uh, mic socks to shreds. <laughs> but he also knew he was a good dog, Rusty. Let me tell you that. He would never go near the stage. Uh, Rusty, may you rest in peace. I think it's nearly been a, I think it's been a, yeah, I think it's been about a year um, since he did pass away, the old studio dog, Rusty. Uh, nothing like doing an interview in the middle of the night there at the studio and just hearing barking in the background. No, um, Min Factory playing some of the greatest pop, indie, and whatever tracks, just, just fresh genre, just fresh tracks of any genre that come through. So we get a bit of crossover with them, but I don't care because when the songs are this good, we've got to play them twice. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, apart from that, we has have had, as I said, a couple of new additions to the AMR family. Uh, first off, I may or may not have mentioned it last week. I can't remember. Um, Adam Glim, former um, vocalist from metal bands, including the mighty Frankenbock. Great, great Victorian metal band. Uh, Adam Glynn, um is now doing, has been brought into the AMR fold with his show, The Talk Hack Show. And he goes there, he interviews people, he talks about all kinds of stuff, and on this latest episode, which is out now already, uh, he spoke to Muggsy, the hip-hop artist, um, who we have played before on AMR, I know, and um, they've had a bit of a chat, played some of his new music, so uh, go and check that out when you get a chance. And um, I want to also welcome to AMR Far North Queensland, based up in Cairns, we have a Cairns office now, apparently, uh, Gumpy and Skate, putting together a show way up there in Cane Tote country. Uh, yeah, so cool stuff. Yeah, go and check it out. Um, AustralianMusiciansRadio.com is the best place to find all the shows too because you can link every show to it, boys. Us, uh, Mint Factory, Heavy Reborn, and the other two new shows as well. It's all there. It's all there. Plus AMR Premix and the um, podcast specials page. You know, we do it Suki Lounge and other places. Yeah, no, I'm, I should... Good, good point to mention uh, to Suki Lounge and the other AMR business and community partners. But yeah, Suki Lounge, awesome place, getting to see plenty of live music there. Uh, well, was before the lockdown. Hopefully, will be soon once they start putting gigs on again. And um, yeah, it'll be good to go back and have a Gareth to have a sour beer, me to have a regular beer, you know, me a bit regular, and my girlfriend probably to have, I don't know, sparkling white. <laughs> Make them open the bottle just for her. Selfish. Jesus. Anyway, uh, yeah, get down to Sue and get a chance to play some great music. When they, when, they ha- when they are, when the show's back on, there's always some great music there. 
And uh, you can go and say hi to Steve for us too. But no, of, not only that, of course, um, it's important that we also mention our other business and community partners like BizOp Solutions out there to out there dealing with all the business, you know, getting business stuff together and dealing with everybody's business needs, of course, and uh, Music Factory Direct that supply all your music needs, I guess. Um, well, no, I guess. I know. I've been there. I've had a chat to Adam. He's given me some cables. He's a good man. Thanks, Adam. And then this mic, this here very mic, which I think I mentioned <laughs> like ages ago when I first got it because I was really excited that we got these mics. And now I don't sound like a, now I don't sound like a phasey, hazy shit. Yeah, no, plenty of stuff going on up our end. So, yeah, check the website, australianmusiciansradio.com. And if you are an artist, don't you miss out on getting your next release played on AMR. Fucking send in your shit. It's amrplay at mail.com. If you email everything there, do a good job. I might just actually fucking read your press release. Now, uh, I mentioned... We'll talk about more about um, heavy, heavy, heavy reborn in a sec, and the reason why is because this next song was also played on the uh, most recent heavy reborn episode. I'm talking about the incomparable Dear Seattle with their new track in my head. Uh, now, this is their first release since 2019 when they're absolutely. Uh, their debut uh, LP came out, and uh, apparently that did really well. Um, but now they're back with their first single since. Now these guys are also from Queensland, from the Gold Coast to be Pacific, and um, yeah, it's just fucking fun. This is really good. Just a good slice of Aussie certified punk pop, or you know. Pop punk or what, but I don't know, rock, rock and roll. It's, it's still rock and roll to me, you know. Call me Billy Joel, you know. No, but uh, great stuff, dear Seattle. And it's good to hear you with some new music. They are going to be apparently doing a headline tour. Um, and it's starting in July, fingers crossed, uh, playing in Sydney, Brizzy, Adelaide, and Melbourne. So, yeah, p- pretty much an east slash southeast uh, tour with a big, you know, middle finger to Tasmania because <laughs> uh, apparently they don't count. No, um, tickets are out now via their website, dearseattle.com.au. Uh, go and check them out if you can. Playing down here, I see the Croxton Band Room on Saturday, July 17. Very nice venue. Good, good pickup, guys. Um, but, yeah, go and check them out if you ha- if you are so inclined. Uh, now, up after that, uh, we have an artist that I'm familiar with, like to the extent of that we've, again, another artist that we've played music before, Saint Sinner, and his backup band, The Relevators. Uh, re- sorry, The Revelators. I keep mispronouncing. Yeah, Saint Sinner. And yeah, he has a backup band called The Revelators. There we go. Did it better that time. And uh, he's just released his brand new single, We're All Going to Hell, which I think is a very positive, very positive message we should all be spreading. No, um, Saint Sinner. Uh, I love Saint Sinner for the fact his punk aesthetic is very theatrical, especially with the way that he you know sings and the way his, mu- his songs go. Now, when I was listening to this, I was listening to it and I thought, fuck, this is just like, you know, if the Cat Empire went gothic and had electric guitars, um, with this one you'll hear, it's like got a really cool sort of punk ska reggae, you know, punk ska thing going on. 
which is a bit different to their previous single, which if I, I look it up again, was called something. It was a, another ridiculous title, you know, because that's how they roll these days. These are these these punk artists. Yeah, Dead for the Weekend. I remember that was a lot faster. Well, and this song's fast as well. You'll hear it, but it was like more just a more straightforward punk aesthetic. So I like the difference in 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 tom in timbre and uh, uh, you know syncopation. I guess you can say, <laughs> just to make myself sound more you know knowledgeable than I am. But no, really good stuff. Um, both artists, and we, uh, we might as well play them now because I've got nothing else to do. So, here they are, folks. It is uh, Dear Seattle within my head, and right after that, Saint Sinner, with We're All Going to Hell, right here in the depths of, you know, Hades, or whatever they call the underworld these days, with your boy Daniel. We'll be back real, real, real soon. You're wasting time, because I'm not here. You're numbing my mind with all your thoughts or you're telling me life is such a constant bliss Just give it some time and I'll find it
AustralianMusiciansRadio.com Yeah, welcome back to Spicy Cofters and Chips Show. It's me, Dipping Sauce. And hold on, hold on just a sec. Big Dipping Sauce. Wow, wow. But um, yeah, no, that was a bad joke. Let's move on. <laughs> no, welcome back, guys, to Bar Talk. Of course, it's me, Daniel. Who else? And that was the deliciously devilish We're All Going to Hell by Saint Sinner and uh, real Fraser-esque-ish in my head by Dear Seattle. Um, I hope you're listening to me right now because um, I'm feeling good. It's relatively late at night. I've got the house to myself, actually. I've, um, uh, my girlfriend is uh, at her parents at the moment. Uh, she's going to be getting her... Second Pfizer vaccine tomorrow. Oh, my, my. Yeah, I know. Health workers, right? <laughs> Love them. You gotta hate them and they get the fucking vaccine first. Should, you know, they should just share. Give me a drop, you know. Give bloke down the street a drop. Give your cat a drop. Give the anthill a drop. They might all die, but who knows? Um, no, I should probably stop um, giving fodder to the anti-vaxxers. This is not this kind. This is not that kind of show. Again. I only only talk shit about conspiracy theories. I don't peddle them. Um, no, I was about to say that um, I'm really happy with the songs. Honestly, this week we had 
oh, I went through so many emails. Now I now I don't know how many of you would be aware of this, but I have to go through like dozens of songs each week, and we have to basically whittle it down to the eight supporting tracks. It's hard. It is really hard because you've got to cut some what ends up being really good stuff, and you've got to be absolutely brutal. Your inner critic comes out. It's so funny. But I digress. This week was particularly challenging because there was so much good tracks, and to be honest, none of them were like bad by any stretch of the imagination. They were, you know, there was was all top quality stuff. Um, so it does become pretty hard to to pick, but you have to get there. And uh, yeah, well, here we are. This, you know, love me or hate me, it's it's what it is. But no, um, I should probably talk, probably get straight on to talking about the tracks. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we've got to get through this. You don't want to listen to my voice all evening. You want to go and do other shit. Exactly. I know. I, I totally agree with you. You know, you've got to go to do shopping. You've got to, you know, got to, got to do the gardening. Got to, you know, fix the tilings on the roof because the fucking crows have started you know, scratching their claws into the grout. I don't know. I don't know what kind of bird you get at your place. Cassowaries, perhaps. You're living in the Daintree rainforest. You don't get too close to the cassowaries, folks. This is for our international listeners. Apparently, they'll rip you to shreds. And I say apparently because I've actually never actually. Um, no, I was going to say I've never seen one face to face, but I lie. I've seen them at the zoo or the you know the the wildlife sanctuary. They're impressive birds. They really are. They're an underrated. They're an underrated national animal. I don't know why we didn't put them on the coat of arms. Uh, you know, it might be just be because you know emus are a, a, a tad more common, uh, but no, you know, emus' colour palette's a bit boring compared to a cassowary. Go and look up, go and look up, up a picture of both and put them side by side. Tell me which one you prefer. It's like looking at the female peacock, or the peafowl is the technical term, and then actually looking at the peacock, um, and then telling me which one you prefer. Nobody prefers the peafowl because they're boring and grey. You know, the peacock's got the fucking feathers and the, the massive eyelash fucking things going on. And, you know, it's, 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 yeah, it's, an, it's an easy easy one to disregard the peafowl. I feel like they're, they're, maybe there is an underrated factor to them. Maybe if you only like grey colour palettes, maybe that's your thing, you know. So maybe you do prefer emus. Maybe you do prefer peafowls. I don't know. You be you. I, I don't care. Don't let me stop you. Um, that was a, that was a weird tangent and, and a weird weird little uh, rant, but I'm gonna we're gonna quietly move past that while I talk about some upcoming songs we've got going. Oh, this one beautiful, one of my favourites for this week. Chudich, cue the violins. Now, Chudich is the uh, I guess you can call alter ego or stage name or you know moniker you know, or you know preferred title of WA artist Lee Gardner. Now. I was wondering why I heard that name before, and then it turns out that he runs a little concert series called Tender is the Night. Now, for those of you that are astute listeners of this show, you'll remember when I was talking about Tania Harper, her live songs were recorded at Tender is the Night, Volume 1. Lee Gardner is the guy that runs that, which I think is awesome. We are in such a small world, and you know what? It's all connected, man. No, but they're, they've just done volume four. And uh, yeah, he, he's used the opportunity to um, have that as his single launch. So it'd be interesting to, to see how the live version is compared to the studio version. But no, uh, Lee Gardner, phenomenal, phenomenal um, producer. 
live producer, which I, I appreciate as someone that has to record shit live. Very, very impressive. And great songwriter too and, uh, you know, instrumentalist, I guess. But no, um, oh, what did I like about this song? Oh, the uh, spacious, the, the suspended chord pianos, the uh, spacious yet effects-laden guitars, and of course the, uh, the, the reverb-heavy hi-hats, which was just, mm, just, just, you know, on the mark. Uh, and the backing vocals, of course. But yeah, I, I remember I really liked, liked his previous single, which was called Grasping at the Water, and I remember that one had an absolutely phenomenal music video. So he's just a great artist all around, and I, I'm honestly yeah, grasping at the at my seat to uh, hear more. To be honest, because great, he's just got some great stuff going. Obviously, a very busy man too with all his projects, <laughs> but no, great stuff, Lee. Really like the track, uh, and and to finish off, really taking things down the notch. Just just a beautifully gorgeous track, probably the most gorgeous, I would say, one that really just. Uh, it just gets that nice tingly sort of feeling you get when you hear a, a phenomenal harmony. Uh, and this this song and the chorus specifically in this song has just a beautifully done vocal harmony. I'm talking about Voy, the uh, Queensland singer-songwriter with his new song Paint featuring the vocal talents of Matilda Duncan. Um, yeah, it's such a heart-wrenching song really when you listen to the lyrics. A lot of heartbreak going on there, but um, very uplifting with the the beautiful harmonies in the chorus. Just brilliant, brilliant stuff. And nicely, nicely produced, of course. Uh, now, Voy is from Townsville. So, yeah, getting close up to far north Queensland territory up there. I'm talking about the AMR branch of our, our lovely station. Yes, the aforementioned one. Um, but, yeah, just... A, but just a great, great new track. Uh, I'm just having a look. He's been doing a bit of stuff, I see... Uh, there was a apparently a Townsville songwriting workish work songwriters workshop, so uh, he's been involved with that, and that, that makes sense. You know, being a songwriter in Townsville, I, I imagine, you know, all three of you would have to. <laughs> sorry, I don't know how many songwriters there are in Townsville. Maybe maybe it's Townsville. Fifty percent of Townsville's residents are songwriters. I don't know the demographics. I've never been there, so I'm just talking shit as far as I'm concerned. But no, um, you know, great to see you being. L- active in the community yeah no you're going to really enjoy these next two tracks folks um before we do though i just want to say thank you for you know really enjoying my monologuing (laughs) hopefully we should um have a guest co-host back or your co-host back on next week uh now that restrictions are easing again this thursday or as of tonight as of release so uh hopefully be a bit easier to get people on i'm keen for that i'm keen to do some more in person. Should be good. And, uh, yeah, make sure you go and like us and subscribe to us, you know. For, for AMR, check us out on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, AMR Australia or AMR underscore Australia on Twitter and Insta. But also for Bar Talk on, on Facebook and YouTube, make sure you go and, and follow us on where, you know, wherever you listen to your podcasts and, you know, where you're listening now. Fucking... While you're scrolling on your phone, stop looking at memes and go and subscribe on whatever app you're listening on, whether that be Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, fucking iTunes, I don't know, iHeartRadio, bloody, I don't know, there's about a billion different players and we're on them. So, you know, you need to sub, give us some love, write us a review if they allow you to, too. 
Um, and uh, make sure you tune in every week because we'll be back next week with some more chit-chatty, chit-chatting and uh, some delicious music, which I hope to da- this, this week's episode was just as delicious. However, I shouldn't, I shouldn't prattle on any longer. We are about to play the beautiful tracks of Cue the Violins by Chudich and Voy's new song called Paint with the lovely Matilda Duncan. Guys, this is Daniel M. Pern signing off and we'll uh, see you next time on Bartle.
running away